I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Carol Kaufman, who, amongst other things, is the co-author of Real-Time Leadership. It's Real-Time Leadership, Find Your Winning Moves When the Stakes Are High, and certainly the stakes are very, very high for leaders today. So super excited to have Carol here to talk to us a lot more about this and, and also her book, which is absolutely excellent. In addition to being an amazing amazing coach that is a world-renowned top coach. As many people know, I don't typically have coaches on this podcast, but Carol being who she is, I thought it would make a ton of sense to have her on and uh, discuss exactly what she's seeing because she's working with many, many uh, high-profile, top-level leaders that are out there. And uh, Carol, in addition, is the founder and executive director of the Institute of Coaching at the Harvard Medical School. And as I mentioned, this new book comes out this week. So we're very, very excited to have her here to discuss it. So without further ado, I just want to introduce Carol and stop talking so that you can hear from her. Okay, here we go. So hi, Carol Kaufman. How are you? Hello. I am happy. Uh, very, very happy to connect with you and be here. Wonderful. Well, I loved your book. It was so amazing. And I'd love to start off the discussion actually going a little bit further back to hear a little bit more about you. And can you share a bit more about your background and how you got to be be one of the top coaches in the world and an executive director uh, at the coaching at the Institute of Coaching at the Harvard Medical School. Okay, well, do you have five hours? Um, <laughs> so, number one, um, I actually grew up in a kennel, and so I've got a very strong relationships with animals. Probably not where you expected me to start. We had an illegal kennel. Imagine thirty dogs. And then um, my first job was working with violent horses. Okay, how's this relating to coaching, you're wondering? And, and I love taming things is what it comes down to. And so for a lot of the people that I've coached in my life, they're people that scare other people. And as one of them said to me once, and the man had a psychological insight of a gnat. And so the fact that he unlocked a major understanding for me in my own life was, was very compelling. We said, oh... You went from alpha horses to alpha men. And in a way, that's true. Very powerful people. They're, they're not the only people I coach, but I think starting out working first with animals who were traumatized, then people who were traumatized, then people who were traumatized becoming peak performers, and then from that into coaching. 
And so you touched on this, but you worked with trauma patients prior to getting into coaching and teaching uh, humans yeah. and beyond uh, horses. Uh, can you share the similarities that you saw between the work that you were doing then and the work that you're doing now? Yes. Going from um, being a therapist to a coach, to, in, in a nutshell, as a trauma therapist, I would be following the trail of tears to get to healing. As a coach who also knows a lot about trauma, you follow the trail of dreams. So when we do, for example, crucible stories with leaders, which is really what are the experiences you've had in your life that are so challenging, they have transformed you into something else. Now, in coaching, what you really explore there is how has that experience informed your leadership? and made you a stronger person. And that would be what I would do when I was working with trauma survivors, except a different pathway there. So interesting. Are there anything, any like key pieces that you saw that, I mean, obviously not everyone who's been through a trauma is going to become a leader uh, or is going to become mm -hmm. a CEO of a company. Was there anything that you spotted there that you really, maybe you weren't surprised about that they had had some sort of major trauma and sort of how they had dealt with that? Yes, there is an absolute key and that is uh, taking responsibility. Hmm. So if you really kind of like, I, this happened to me, and I am responsible for strengthening myself, finding meaning in what happened to me. You know, there's Viktor Frankl's book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning. So I think the people who really could own what could they do to survive it and how it really informs their leadership, and it can take them to a place of humility. And at the same time, knowing, as I, as I said to one of my, my people once, a woman, who had been overthrown horribly from the law firm that she was the head of. And so we explored it. And I said, so, you know, what's the life lesson, the leadership lesson you got from this? And she said, oh, I've learned that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not good enough. What? Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. 
That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. How has this changed your life? And then she said something else like, oh, you know, I realized that with no energy. And finally, I went to her and I said, listen, on a scale of one to 10, this was a nine. I want a nine leadership lesson from this. And she says, I have a backbone of steel. I'm like, yes, that's, that's trauma work with, with leaders. Really getting and appreciating your backbone of steel and then wanting to be a force for good. So interesting. So what makes a great leader? Okay. The first thing, well, I think already you hear that it's the person who can take responsibility for themselves and feels a sense of responsibility and care for others. Now, of course, they also have to be skilled leaders um, as well. So back to Viktor Frankl, um, he wrote a, more or less a quote that between every stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our freedom. And what I think of for great leaders is how can they make space 
under pressure, but also space every day and actually live in that space. So they have choice Mm -hmm. so that when they are leading, they're responsive to what's actually going on around them, inside them and with other people and making choices rather than depending on their reflexes. So interesting. Almost like multitasking, but a sort of a, a different definition for multitasking, maybe in some ways. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. Because you want to be a three-dimensional leader. So you in a way, what's outside, what's inside, what's between. Yeah. Can everybody become a leader? Yes, I actually think that. Um, unless you are interpersonally irresponsible. I think if you are interpersonally irresponsible, you probably don't have the makings for a leader or that's what you need to do first. And I think many of us are much more powerful leaders than we realize because if you have any impact on somebody's well-being, resources, projects, etc., then to that person in many ways you're a leader whether you know it or not mm-hmm. because you have an impact on their lives. That's so interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's uh I think about this a lot. Uh so you wrote a fabulous book called Real Time Leadership. Have it right here for those who are uh looking at the <laughs> the visual on this. Can you explain the meaning behind the title of your new book? Yes, well real time is the, is the same thing. How do you how do you lead in real time by creating that space? And then being able to make the most of every moment, because we have thousands of little tiny windows of opportunity that just flash by us every day. And how can we make the most of them and not go into our default? I mean, so many of us have great pattern recognition. You know, when you see A and B, you go, oh, it's C. But the world is no longer linear. Mm -hmm. So how do we stay? One of the things we talk about is being mindfully alert. So mindful, we know that beginner's mind, noticing, et cetera, but alert like an athlete. And so I think if we can really get into the the practice and do the reps, become mindfully alert, we can be great leaders. That is a great segue into my next question. Uh, You wrote about being mindfully alert in the book, but you also call this the move model. And I I would love for you to share a little bit more about it and maybe get into why this tool is so powerful to understand. Great. So I'll just say what the acronym is, then I'll do a little bit of a double click, and then you can take us where you want to go. Okay. Okay. So the move model is basically, first of all, why an acronym? The acronym just clumps together bunches of ideas so that you can remember them in in real time. Because when you're under stress, you need a memory trigger. So M is to be mindfully alert. O is to be an options generator. V is to validate your vantage point. And E is to engage and affect change. Now, if you want, I can do a quick... um, Double click on those and then go where you'd like to go. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so M, so remember this is all about making space. Okay, so first you make space by being able to just name what it is you want to do. And the research shows that that actually creates a space just by naming something. So mindfully alert to what? So that's the three dimensions of leadership. One is, it's really the question, what what do you want and what do you need to do? 
which can seem self-evident, but quick example. Um, I'll just take an example because this works at the top of the house and in your house, like my son, like mom, I want to watch TV. Okay. What's the external demand? What do you want to accomplish? Is it the reflex that's get the homework done? Is it develop discipline? Hmm. Is it to develop a love of learning? So if you just stop and say, what's my actual goal here? So how can you be mindfully alert to what's being asked of you? Then what are the internal resources? Have I invested enough time in my internal world to be able to manage myself? And then third is the interpersonal. So that's M in a nutshell. O is options generator. And that is in any, and we can talk more about this if you want, but in any interaction, in any challenge, I want my leaders to be able to have four options available to them. And that those are like to lean in and really engage actively, to lean back and look at the data and be calmer, to lean with and be nurturant, or to, and this is the tough one, not lean at all so that I can be still and then have receptive wisdom come to me. And then V is more self-evident vantage point. What is it that you're really seeing? Um, are you over-optimistic or under-optimistic with what you're planning to do? Can you see clearly? Um, can you know what you don't know that you don't know, et cetera? What distorts? This is where unconscious bias comes in. And then E is to engage and affect change. When you want to do that, can you send out the right signals to people? So they know, for example, this is a brainstorming meeting. Please don't run out and do everything I said. You know, How do right. you send out the right signals, get the echoes back? So in a nutshell mindfully alert, options generator, validate your vantage point, and then engage in effect change. So which one would be fun for you to talk about? I think the concept of just having that tool when you get stuck, that's what I felt like that was the, that was the key um, piece. But definitely, I mean, if you wanted me to take on one, um, that would be... I could tell you a story of using all four. Yeah, I, would, like. I think that'd, that'd be really interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is really embarrassing. I had a really, really, really tough hair-raising discussion that I had to have. One where I was a little bit at fault too. So it wasn't even like a tough conversation and I had the high ground. And so um, I decided, I was so like unable to cope with it. I decided to sit down and journal myself. So I decided to use my own model. And what's very humbling is how surprised I was. It worked so well. So I was doing this. Now, one of the pieces of the model, if we double click, if we double click on the internal dimension of change, what we talk about there is how can you help yourself be, it's five C's, calm, clear, curious, compassionate, and courageous. So how can that settle you to a place where you can then be more clear on what you need to do and how you need to do it? So for this one, I was thinking, okay, calm. Okay, how can I just make sure of myself breathe? Then get really like, what will take me out of calm? Okay, then clear. What can I do to stay clear? What will get me confused? Jot that down. And this is a biggie, is be curious, I thought, because this person's really mad at me. So how can I ask another question in the middle of that. And then how can I walk over to the bridge to where they are and really appreciate their world? But then how can I 
have courage to keep my own story. So that helped me settle down. But then, okay, first dimension of change. Well, what do I actually need to do? What do I actually need to accomplish? And what helped me is like, oh, I want, I want this to resolve. I want to cool down the situation. And I want this person to be able to work in the, in the partnership. Then what was really helpful and a surprise is thought, what is it I want to make sure I do not accomplish? Because I was really mad. This person had cost me a lot. And then I realized, wait, I, a part of me wanted to just put the nose in the pee-pee. Like, this is how you made me feel by this. And, you, and I'm like, no, that is not the first dimension of leadership. That does not honor who I am inside. And so big question is, what do I want to do? But then who do I want to be? Who do I want to be in this interaction? And those things really helped. And so we did talk and she was furious. And at one point she said, we just have to stop this conversation, Carol, just stop it. I'm just going to go. And then curious came to mind. I said, so listen, wait, she said, no, I'm just being defensive, but I don't care. I said, wait, let's take defensive. Let's Mm -hmm. put that to the side. Now, just talk to me. You're not being defensive. You're sharing your experience with me, you know? And so I said, okay, so, and now what else matters and what else matters? And I got to watch her calm down and consolidate and become my partner again, like in- So interesting. 20 minutes. That's wild. So how do you train yourself to be able to be mindful. I know that that's always, uh, you know, many situations. Uh, look, if you're in a pressure situation, for sure, being mindful, you're just trying to put the fires out, right? And move on to the next scenario. But maybe really focusing on how to be mindful, I think, is something that a lot of leaders are challenged by at one moment or another, and especially if it's a stressful, tough situation. Any suggestions for people there? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, First of all, it's in the reps, okay? So you're not going to suddenly be able to be mindful and cool when someone's got two guns to your head. Um, I want to share something that that I did, which turned out to be life-changing which is one year around um, New Year's. And you know how we always come up with what we're going to do, right? So I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I thought, oh, no. I thought, okay, wait. And I fell into my head. It's like, wait, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be this year? So what I did was I asked myself 20 to 80 times a day in every single situation, who do I want to be right now? And try it for a day, just one day, and you just discover so many choices you didn't know you had. You know, so um, I was going on vacation with someone, and and they continually got lost. So each time they get lost, okay, who do I want to be? Really, do I want to be the person that's like annoyed with them because you've gotten lost again, and I'm lugging my suitcase? Who do I want to be? I'm in my car. Somebody's slow in front of me. Who do I want to be? Uh, It's 10 hours in my day. My report comes to me and it's a suboptimal job. Who do I want to be? And so keep asking that question. And that alone, if you really take that seriously, it can actually change your life. Yeah. And really getting yourself focused on that. I I call it as my book was called 
being undaunted and living that way and being very focused on it. I absolutely agree. So another point you make in the book is on making space. You touched on this few moments again and the importance of that, but I'd love to for you to share a little bit more about that. So again, I think there's so there's so many choices that we have every day and we have our default reflexes, you know, the main reflexes we have are, you know, fight, flight, freeze, and befriend. We've translated that into lean in, lean back, lean with, or, or don't lean. But if you can make space for yourself, you can then just have the impact on others that you want to have. And I think that that's key. You know, for me, I'm really happy with a coaching engagement, sure, when the person is more successful, but if they become a better human, so I think if we can make these kinds of spaces for ourselves and then with other people help create space in the other person, I think that we can become extraordinary people and become forces for good. And the world really, really needs centered, powerful, caring leaders to create cultures where people can feel psychologically safe and, and thrive. So I think the key really is making space, asking yourself those five C's, you know, then the the three dimensions of leadership and then four ways of being. And then am I right? And then can I communicate? Those are all ways of making space. So you mentioned just now the three dimensions. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about that too? Yeah. Well, that's, yes, sure. The three dimensions of leadership, you know, we we want to be 3D. So there can be people great at the external. They really get things done, but everybody's afraid of them and they have no inner life, mm -hmm. you know, or you can have someone who's great with people and maybe even a good inner life, but they can't get things done. Mm -hmm. So we really need them to be the three-dimensional person. You know, we really need all three together to, to really be able to, like you said earlier, I like that internally multi-process. Um, I, I never really thought of it like that. So interesting. So you're dealing with leaders every day and in your coaching practice and uh, probably have taught many leaders as, as well along the way. But I'm curious to hear if you've ever differentiated leaders who are entrepreneurs uh, versus non-entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, <laughs> and an answer, Yes. I think that, well, entrepreneurs and founders, I'm very fond of them. And I'm a little bit of a founder myself when I was given $2 million to start the Institute of Coaching. And I got to learn how hard it is to lead. And it's very hard to be a founder. It needs a certain kind of energy um, when you can really kind of run up a hill. And I think leaders, as opposed to founders and um and entrepreneurs, they have a different terrain that they have to navigate. Interesting. But there are definitely entrepreneurs that have been leaders uh, too. Oh, oh, you're thinking of it that way. Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, I completely misunderstood you then. Um, I think entrepreneurs have a lot more pressure on them. And and the, the challenges for you as a leader when you're an entrepreneur I think is how do you galvanize everyone in your company to have the passion that you do and have them be able to share your vision and, and understand um, what the mission is together. 
I think when you're a leader in a larger corporation, a lot of that is done for you. And I think as, a, as an entrepreneur and a founder, you really have to set that tone yourself. Yeah. No, I think it's absolutely true. Like I think of, uh, actually, I just had Patty Sellers on here with um, Fortune Most Powerful Women. And, you know, wow. yeah. <laughs> and she was uh, on the podcast a few days ago and we were talking about this because she's seen people who have grown companies, you know, from the mm -hmm. beginning, but she primarily, especially for the most powerful women list, there are women who, you know, are running, you know, Mary Barra or people who are running companies that are hands down considered leaders, but they're different. There are different types of leaders, you know, Sheryl Sandberg, she's not necessarily, um, you know, she's not the CEO of the company, but I would still say she's a leader. Um, she's not an entrepreneur either, but yet I think she's got kind of an entrepreneurial mindset where she's had to, you know, work with another entrepreneur. Anyway, so I, I think it's fascinating yeah. because there's a lot of different types of leaders. And of course, parents are leaders. Yeah. Um, you totally. know, how do we, how do we try to have, I think, I think you're a leader when you're trying to have a positive impact on someone else and you're aware of your capacity to have that impact and whether it's on, you know, your children or the soccer team you're coaching or the, you know, 100,000 people that work for you. Um, that leadership, I think leadership in many ways is a state of mind and a state of being, mm -hmm. you know, so one is like, who do I want to be in this moment? How can I be the best leader that I can be? And that could be, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, just watching TV with the family even. Mm -hmm. Okay. How, how can I be the best leader here? I am, you know, just going about my day. There's ways that, you know, like it's so important that we like acknowledge people and affirm people. And I, I like to do that. And I think when you do that, you're taking a kind of leadership role with someone where you say, I, I see you. And I respect that about you. So you may not technically be that person's leader, but that has a very powerful impact. But that would be sort of the spirit of leadership inside of you rather than the position or the, the job. Do women lead differently than men? Yeah, I think so. And, and there's a big overlap, but I do think that you know, we've been trained differently. Women from the time they're little are trained to multitask. They're trained to be much more attuned to what's going on up around them. And so then when that kind of person becomes a leader, I think you, I think you are naturally better at the second and third dimensions of leadership. And um, I think men are, are taught to achieve, be the head, you know, run the show. And so for them, sometimes the first dimension of leadership is sort of quicker for them. Um, but they have to really kind of learn. I mean, COVID has really taught CEOs that they often have to be, um, you know, the, the counselor in chief. And they had like no idea how to do that. And I think a lot of women have been able to step into that role and are more, in general, we're trained, I think, to be more facile at, at collaboration. Um, so that's terribly, terribly um, overgeneralized, but yeah. No, I, I a thousand percent agree with that. Your subtitle of your book, Find Your Winning Moves When the Stakes Are High, made me think of this next question. So you've worked with a lot of amazing leaders. Uh, when you think about the leader 
of tomorrow, is it different based on what we've been through over the last few years? Well, I think in a way, I actually hadn't thought this till you asked me the question, but in a way that is entirely what the book is about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just sort of got that in terms of if you can stay really attuned to the moment and not depending on, you know, what you've done in the past, you know, the past is the past. How do you sort of stay ahead of the curve? How do you stay mindfully open? You know, what, what worked, you know, yesterday is not necessarily what's going to work tomorrow. So I would say the leaders of tomorrow have to be incredibly agile, you know, fast on the feet, aware and responsive, because we just don't know where things are going. Yeah, I thousand percent agree. And talking about Patty Sellers, I mean, that was the other thing that she's really been looking at amongst the leaders that she knows, um, that the ones that kind of survived and and uh, were successful and in being able to lead through that was that was the word that she used um, because mm. I think it's definitely definitely apparent and and so key. So you have a, a terrific assessment um, as part of uh, your book that you talk about, and we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. This book is so good; everybody needs to get a copy of it. And you are such a pleasure, Carol, to talk to. So uh, we Thank love you. love love the time that you've spent with us, and uh, definitely. Um, we'll have all of this info in the in the show notes as well, and we will continue to follow you on social to hear more of your learnings and and more about uh, what you're seeing out there too around leadership. Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.